Hello, and welcome to Home at Last in Mass, the podcast in which we educate, empower, and inspire the first-time homebuyer in Massachusetts. If you are looking to better understand the home buying process, and if you are looking for a mission-oriented lender that is working to support home ownership in Massachusetts for buyers with modest incomes, and hey, let's face it, that's most of us, then you have come to the right place. We are Mass Housing, which is short for the Massachusetts Housing Finance Agency. We are a mission-oriented lender who seeks to help first-time homebuyers. We were created by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts about 50 years ago to increase affordable home ownership. We make affordable home mortgage loans, and we have features you won't find with conventional lenders. Things like down payment assistance and job loss insurance that helps pay your home mortgage loan if you lose your job. We make our loans through partner lenders. There are more than 60 of these lenders where you can get pre-qualified and pre-approved for a mass housing loan, and you can find these lenders on masshousing.com. We also provide a lot of great information about the home buying process to try to clear away some of the complexity and mystique around buying a home. And one of the ways we do this is by producing this podcast, where we address frequently asked home buyer questions and interview guests who work in the areas that are related to home buying, like lenders and realtors and home buyer education professionals. Our guest today is a realtor, and this is going to be a great episode. I think you'll come away from this understanding better what a realtor does, why they are important, and how they can often become one of your closest confidants, at least during the home buying process. Before we get to my guest, a quick reminder that if you do not already subscribe to our homebuyer tips, please go to masshousing.com to subscribe. All you need to do is give us your email address. You'll get email tips about the homebuying process and links to our latest affordable homebuyer products and services. Our latest issue gives some helpful tips about the home inspection, a not very glamorous but incredibly important part of purchasing a house or condo. And of course, if you want to listen to previous podcast episodes, you can listen to them all at masshousing.podbean.com. Okay, on to our guest. I am psyched to have on the program Mr. Julian Addy. Julian is a realtor in the greater Boston area. He is very knowledgeable about the home buying process and has helped many first-time buyers. Julian is very familiar with mass housing and how we can make home ownership more affordable. He's got a very approachable personality, as you will see quickly in this interview, and I am sure he would be a great fit for many of you. You can check out Julian's website at julianaddyrealestate.com. That's Julian, J-U-L-I-A-N, Addy, A-D-D-Y, realestate.com. Julian has some very good advice for navigating this market and any real estate market, really. Here we go. Julian Addy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, Could we start out with you uh, introducing yourself to the Home at Last in Mass listeners? Tell us uh, what you do and your company and what you're all about. We'd love to hear Definitely, definitely. So my name is Julian Addy, as was mentioned. I work with a company called The Agency in Boston. I've been doing real estate for a phenomenal seven years. I I love what I do. 
got I've gotten a lot of recognition for the hard work that I put in. I won the National Association of Realtors 30 under 30 in 2021, awesome. in addition to some other accolades. But the real reason I do this is twofold. One, when I was younger, my parents' house was foreclosed on. And I just saw how important home ownership is and what it means to a family. Thankfully, they were able to keep their house because of a government program. And with that, I just realized that there's a huge gap in education with just knowing what's out there to both get a home and to keep a home. And then the second piece of it is just like the power of building wealth through real estate. It is absolutely the biggest equalizer in terms of generational wealth and just keeping wealth in a family. Yeah. And and we think about that a lot at Mass Housing and are really working to tailor our mortgage programs to the first-time home buyer and help people who who want to build wealth and, and particularly first generation uh, home buyers are a group that we hope will know more about us for sure and be able to take advantage yeah uh tell us about what geography you serve where you work are you yep. eastern mass western central everywhere in between i live in dorchester i yes. serve as boston i service anywhere within 45 minutes to an hour of Boston. Like I've done deals as far north as Andover and Lawrence, as far south as New Bedford, and as far west as Worcester. Fantastic. Yeah, the sky's the limit. What website would they go to to find you? Nice and easy, julianaddyrealestate.com. So easy. Awesome. Got to keep it simple. Simple is the key. You want to make the process as simple, as stress-free as possible. I'm telling you, the uh, homebuyer process can be intimidating and daunting. It can be complicated. It has a language of its own. I'm just thinking back on the first time I bought a home, all this language that you really don't hear anywhere else. And what do you do first? And what's the order of steps in right. buying a home? And, and who, do I, who do I call first? Oftentimes we, at Mass Housing, we encourage people to pick up the phone and call a lender to see if they're able to get pre-qualified. But Agreed. all of that being said, let's face it, a lot of times the first person that somebody meets in this process and stays with the whole time and becomes kind of a guide, if you will, is the realtor. Am I right? Right. Yeah. The realtor, like you said, we're guides, we're advisors, we're part-time therapists. Sometimes this, <laughs> no, yeah. in all seriousness, sometimes this process, it feels like a roller coaster and there's so many emotions and it's a very intimate process. Your realtor will know more about you than your best friend and sometimes even your spouse. I had a client once who called me and was like, Julian, like I just got out of a relationship and I call you because I have no one else to talk to and I just enjoy talking to you. Wow. And it comes, yeah, it comes with the territory. You you have to be compassionate. You have to be empathetic. You have to be there for people. That is so powerful. That's a that's a remarkable story. And I and I totally get it uh, because there are so many times. Again, I'm thinking back to my own experience where you're in the middle of it, but you can't get anybody else on the phone. And and that realtor usually picks up the phone or answers your texts and and really sometimes they can kind of talk you off the ledge. So thank you for what you do. Definitely, definitely. The right realtor. Absolutely. And yeah, there's not all realtors are created equal, right? I know I'm I'm preaching to the choir on that, but let's talk for a second about uh, this notion of a realtor. Let's really uh, get down to, to basics here and remind people what is a realtor 
And why does a first-time home buyer need one? Absolutely. So you have to just think to yourself, you have never done this before. You've never bought a home before. This is an entire world. And kind of like you alluded to with its own language, and you're going to want someone who speaks the language and someone who can explain the language and make sure that you can then speak the language. A realtor's job is to educate their clients. A realtor's job is to advise their clients. And ultimately, a realtor's job is to help people make the best decision for themselves. It's not my job to tell you what to do, but it's to give you the information so that you know what options you have to make the best decisions. That's very well said. Can you tell us a little bit about what it means to get that designation realtor, right? Not everybody can call mm-hmm. themselves a realtor or put the little R next to realtor in their title, right? What's that all yeah, about? Yeah, good call. Good call. Yeah. So essentially anybody who passes their real estate licensing course is a real estate agent, but to become a realtor, you have to be a a member of the National Association of Realtors, which is backed by millions of realtors across the country and across the world. The National Association of Realtors, bringing it down to just like a local level, depending on where you are, we have support from the Greater Boston Association of Realtors the Greater Boston Real Estate Board. And when you get this designation, you have access to courses, you have access to attorneys, you have access to the latest of technologies to better empower your client to make sure that they're able to get a house. So you're not just someone who passed a course, you're someone who is backed by an entire community of resources to to just help out your client, whether buyer or seller. And it seems like so much of the real estate transaction process comes down to trust. And if what I'm hearing is correct, somebody who's officially designated as a a realtor and trained and part of this community, as you say, it sounds like they are somebody who has a high level or of trust. The the buyer can have a high level of trust in this person. Definitely. And there's accountability as well, which helps uh, maintain the purity of that trust. Well, thank you. Uh, sometimes we we talk about some of these home buying terms, even like realtor, and we toss them around as if everybody knows what that means, but it never hurts to start with the basics. Absolutely. It's what it's all about. Yeah. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, that's right. So the first time home buyer who takes their first uh, you know, tentative steps on the home buying journey, if you will, is probably a little nervous at the moment. There's a lot of content in the news about the state of the market. And everybody knows interest rates have gone up fairly dramatically. Those are just a couple of obvious things. But give us your thoughts on the state of the residential real estate market right now today. Yeah, we are in such a unique market that it just like blows my mind some days. The reason I say this is because just to lay some context, we're still in a bit of a seller's market, which just means that there are not as many homes as there are people who want to buy homes. But if we scope down to like the numbers and the the statistics, so we're 6% down in terms of inventory. That just means there's a little less inventory this year than there was last year. Okay. But at the same time, the amount of inventory that's staying on the market has gone up by close to 20%. So although, Yeah. yeah, although there aren't as many homes coming on the market or new listings coming on the market, existing listings are staying on the market for a little bit more. And the reason that's so unique is because there are still a ton of houses out there for people to buy. And I think what's going on with interest rates like going up a bit 
it's making people a little bit more cautious and buyers are being a little bit more picky because they understand that their payments may be a little bit higher than they were previously. But what where I see this is opportunity. If there are sellers who have raised their hand to put their house on the market, that means they want to sell their house. And if their house is still on the market, didn't get taken up after like a bidding war, that means as a buyer, you have some more flexibility to state your terms for what you want for the house. Granted, not all listings are like this. You will still see some bidding war, bidding wars for homes for a lot of like move-in ready homes. <clears throat> We're not beyond the bidding war. Again, it's a seller's market. It just comes with the territory. We're still a little bit early on. We'll see what happens in the spring, but I've been able to help clients get homes at asking, sometimes even below asking for homes. And here's a key phrase, key term that have been on the market for a bit. And okay. the, the way I look at it is like the, every, every market is different. Every town is different. Some date, sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to sell homes. But for me, if a house has been on the market for two weeks or more, and the seller hasn't done any price drops, that means there's potential. There's opportunity there. Okay. So would you potentially advise a buyer there to, to give it a hard look and maybe consider an asking price that might even be slightly below asking? Definitely. So the, okay. the process that I use that I recommend for all buyers is one, understand the market. So what we'll do is we'll create a comparative market analysis to look at what similar homes have sold for. Essentially, we'll look at all the other homes that are that have sold within the same number of bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage condition to determine like, hey, did the seller actually like list this for more than people are willing to pay for it? Is this listed at what the market is willing to pay for? It? And there's like something in the house that is not attracting buyers. Like I've been in situations where sellers have sold their house for $30,000 less. And the reason being like buyers walked in and were concerned about a smell. Like we, we just don't know what's going on or what's deterring some people. But if there's a chance for you to get a house at a, a fair price, fully recommend taking advantage of it. Okay. I think a lot of people are probably thinking about staying on the sidelines. They're, they're intimidated by the high interest rate talk and the lack of number of homes on the, on the market, the inventory, as you say. Do you advise against that? For instance, people might think, oh, well, interest rates went up so quick, they're, they're certain to go down. I'll just wait it out until those interest rates go back down to 3% and then I'll make my move. What, what do you say to that? I think if you have that kind of mentality, you will be in the sidelines forever. You will be waiting forever. When the interest rates were 2%, there were people who were saying, well, I'd rather wait until prices go down before I go into the market. Well, they waited. Now interest rates are 6 and 7%. There will always be an excuse or a reason not to buy. The best time to buy a house is when you're ready to buy. And regardless of what the market condition is, as long as you run your numbers, your monthly payment makes sense for you, you know what your long-term goals in the house are, pull the trigger when you're ready. But if you're trying to time the market, there are people who are being paid millions to try to time the market who have not successfully timed the market. How much more me and, well, the average person who knows like they're not specialized in real estate and doesn't do this every day. Do it when you're ready. Pull the trigger when you're ready. Don't do let market... Yeah, don't let market conditions scare you. Educate yourself about market conditions, but make sure they align with your long-term goals. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Uh, somebody 
once in my past said, don't try to time the market. And I think that's that's what you're saying. In other words, rates may never go to 3% again for years and years. And also I'm thinking I've, uh, I've been paying attention to this stuff for, I don't know, 10 or 20 years now. And I can remember when 5%, 6%, 7% was considered a good rate. Right. Um, I remember in the early 2000s, mass housing rolled out I think a 5% interest rate. And at that time we said, this is our lowest interest rate ever, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So that was dramatic. Back to the basics of uh, of being a realtor for just a minute. But sure. for the first time home buyer who's learning about what a realtor does, can you explain how, how does the buyer pay for a realtor's services? Do I write you a check right off the right off the top, right at the beginning to kind of hire you or do I pay you at the end or do I pay you in monthly installments? It's like very basic. Like how does a realtor get paid? So if you're working with a buyer's agent, the buyer does not write a check to the buyer's agent to pay for their services. The seller ultimately pays the the buyer's agent. So you don't pay me in the beginning. You don't pay me in the end. The seller is going to pay for it. But so long as you're buying the house, you are funding for my, you're funding my fee. Okay. And, and the realtor gets compensated at the, at the closing. Is that accurate? Correct. Yep. Okay. So we could be working together for a week. We could be working together for months. We could be working together for a year. I don't get paid until the end. It's an incentive to keep realtors working hard, keep them on their toes to make sure they're providing the best service. That's an excellent point. Uh, since the realtor will only get paid at the end, uh, it's it's in your best interest to keep working for your client's best interest. Excellent, excellent point. Yeah, definitely. Any other advice you're giving to buyers these days? I know you touched on on don't try to time the market and buy when you're ready. All great advice. Any particular other advice that you're giving to buyers these days, particularly about finding a mortgage loan or homebuyer education or inspections. We heard a lot of talk in the news for a while there about those bidding wars and waiving an inspection. What What's your other list of do's and don'ts for buyers these days? Yeah. So the two biggest things that I always advise to my clients is one, determine your goals and two, know your options. So you have to start from somewhere. What do you want from a property? The biggest misconception with buying a home is that, well, one of the biggest misconceptions is when you're buying your first home, it's going to be your forever home. That is absolutely not true. The average home buyer lives in their house for five to seven years. So the first home you buy is not going to be the last home that you buy. So you're essentially making a decision of where you're going to park yourself or your family for the next five to seven years. Okay. So understanding what that is going to look like. Are you planning on having children in the next couple of years? Does schools matter to you? Are you, I mean, I've worked with clients who've lived in their home for as short as three years before Mm -hmm. they've sold it. But all of which is to say, like, think about your goals. Think about the decisions that you're going to make within that short time frame. And that will help to inform what options you'll be looking at in terms of financing. Yeah. Great, great advice. Yep. Know, know your situation in life. And yeah, you know, uh, it reminds me when when I bought as well, uh, there was all this talk of, you know, a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And I was like, well, do I have to stay in the house for 30 years? I can't plan my life that yeah. far out. 
<laughs> no, I mean, nowadays, no one lives in their house for 30 years. No one pays off their mortgage. You sell it, you, you pay off your mortgage once you sell, you take the equity when you sell, you use that money to buy the next house, the bigger house, yeah. or whatever you decide to do with it. What do you think, Julian, buyers can do to be prepared? I'm sure you see and meet buyers who are in all stages of preparedness, but in general, what do you think most buyers should do to be better prepared before they start down the road? You've alluded to it. Taking a first-time home buying class will definitely help a buyer. Again, you're doing this for the first time. There's a lot of terms that you may not know. Having that foundation is extremely important. Two, taking a step back and figuring out your financial goals. So another misconception with the home buying process is that the purchase price is the most important number mm. when buying a home. Okay. The, the actual most important number is your monthly payment Okay. because that's where you're going to be feeling it the most. Um, keeping in mind that your purchase price, even for like the same price property can vary depending on if you're buying a condo, what the association fee is what the taxes and insurance are in different towns. I've had clients who were buying $500,000 homes and their monthly payment like swung by $300 because they moved from one town to another and the taxes were higher in the other town. Okay. So taking a step back and saying like, what am I comfortable paying a mo monthly? What would feel like stretching myself? What would feel like more than enough? And then just working backwards from there. Now, of course, nearly everybody starts their uh, real estate and home buying journey on the internet these days, and there's no shortage of calculators. I don't know. It seems like there's so many different variables that go into these uh, monthly payments. Do you recommend any particular websites or mortgage calculators to first-time buyers, or, or is that a service that you offer to your buyers? I mean, how can I, as a buyer, figure out what I'm comfortable with for a monthly payment? I mean, most of the online calculators have some form of margin of error because they don't know your full situation and they won't know like what your interest rate is because interest rates fluctuate every day. They don't know if you're using like an owner occupant program, which has a certain PMI. So my answer to that is always reach out to your lender. Okay. You should not be figuring out your monthly payment after you have an accepted offer. You should know that before you submit an offer. To help to influence the price of your offer. Yeah, the lender will definitely help you in terms of figuring out um, the monthly payment. Okay. What is your advice to the first-time buyer as to when they should approach a lender about getting a loan to buy a house? I'm, I'm going to assume I, I start with you. Hi, Julian. I'm interested in buying a home. I heard you can help with that. At what point in the process should they be contacting a lender? As soon as possible. Okay. Yeah, reaching out to a lender, kind of like what you mentioned, is one of the first steps, if not the first steps. I would almost recommend having a conversation with a lender before you even talk to a realtor. Oh, naturally, really? Yeah, naturally people reach out to realtors first. And as a realtor, I can refer you to a lender. The yeah. reason I recommend doing it as soon as possible is a lender will give you the roadmap for how to prepare for financing. Another fun fact is the average home buyer starts their home buying process 18 months before they step foot in a home. Oh, and this, that's a great statistic. Yeah, this is just like casually scrolling on Zillow. And the reason you reach out to a lender is so you can get an idea of what you qualify for 
what you can afford. And if there's anything that you need to do from like a personal financial standpoint to better qualify or to get ahead of the game. I've had people who are recommended to like pay down some credit cards. I've had people who are recommended to open a new credit card to help to boost their credit score. I've had people who have recommendations about how to handle student loans. So even if you're not planning on buying a house tomorrow, just setting that roadmap is extremely important because it will save you a lot of time. What Mm -hmm. we don't want to happen is for you to walk into a house that you completely fall in love with. And then you find out that you need to do something to help to correct your credit, which will take three months, or you need to save a little bit more than you thought you needed to. Do you get a lot of buyers who have fallen in love with a property and they're like, Julian, help me figure out how to buy that house or that condo? Absolutely. It's rare, but it happens. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it's it's the opposite. There's a little bit of like dating homes before you figure out which one you want to marry. Okay. Because half of the process is understanding what you even need in a home and what features benefit you and your lifestyle. Right. I know that you're you're familiar with mass housing and mass housing's loan programs. Have you um, helped people buy homes who did finance with a mass housing loan? Yep, multiple multiple buyers. Great. And did you think that 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 they perhaps wouldn't have been able to buy the home were it not from mass housing, or were there products and or features and benefits that mass housing offered that perhaps they might not have found elsewhere? Yeah, there's an entire like segment of the market, which is prime for mass housing buyers, which is, I want to say like 50% of the buyers that I work with. Wow, it's, really? Uh, yeah, so whether it be like the workforce housing program that assists with down payment assistance, mm-hmm. which allows you to qualify for more in price, mm-hmm. all of those incentives, all of those just like bonus features. And I mean, I know I'm doing a mass housing podcast, shameless plug to you, but even if I wasn't, <laughs> I would still be plugging these programs because at the end of the day, it's like, what are the ways that we can break down the barriers to help you get a home? What are things that we can do to make the process easier for you to get a home? And math housing just has a variety of different options. Again, know your options. Great. Well, yes, as you said, uh, shameless plug. Thank you for that plug. But I appreciate (laughs) you. uh, I appreciate you saying that it's a good program nonetheless. And, And just a reminder to listeners, we have a list of participating lenders who do offer mass housing loans on our website at masshousing.com. What are the most frequently asked questions that you get from first-time buyers? I love that question because every buyer is different, but they all end up asking the same question. How much should I offer in the house? And is this the right time to buy? We kind of discussed the, is this the right time to buy piece? Yeah, But the how much should I offer on a, on a house is very subjective. At the end of the day, what I always tell people is a house is worth as much as someone is willing to pay for it. I don't determine the price. The seller doesn't determine the price. It's whoever is willing to pay. I don't want to say the highest price because sometimes it's not always the highest price, but it's whoever is willing to pay the price for the house. Right. And the, the tool that we use to determine that, like I mentioned before, is the comparable market analysis. So we're actually looking at similar homes that have sold in the area to get a sense of what people are willing to pay for in terms of price. A year or two ago, that tool would have told us that homes are selling for over asking, but we can go down and say like homes are selling for 10% over asking in this street, but homes are selling for 5% over asking 
industry. So this is how we should structure our offer. Again, we're in such like a blended hybrid market where yes, we are still getting bidding wars. So that's gonna be valuable to you if to help to inform whether homes are gonna sell for more than asking. But at the same time, there's still like 20% more homes that are sitting on the market than last year. And that will help to inform like what are, how much less are people paying below asking and what are sellers willing to tolerate for prices? So number one question, how much is a house worth? That is our approach. That is our solution. And at the end of the day, like price is only one piece of it. I've had clients who have won offers that weren't the highest price. So there are other Right. Now that's really interesting. I, you just assume that it's uh, the highest bid always wins. Can you remember a specific situation? And I'm now I'm really curious. What was the what were the circumstances where the the seller said, "Yeah, we'll take we'll take lower." So it's happened multiple times. If we're talking about advice, the biggest advice that I give to clients when we're submitting an offer is make sure you understand the seller's motivation. You should be calling the listing agent before you submit an offer so you know the seller's, if they can share, of course, the seller's context, why they're selling the house and what they're looking for to get from the process. Okay. So the situations where we've gotten offers that weren't the highest is with leaseback situations where the seller would like for the opportunity to stay in the house for a couple of weeks to even a month okay. because they're also trying to find a house and need some time to transition. So interesting. I'm always reminded every time I talk to anybody about this this process, how unusual the home buying process is and how just really unlike anything else, it's there, there's just not a sticker on the side of the house that says this house is $300,000 and that is the price. And there's all these factors and, and emotions and negotiations. It really is a unique transaction. It is not like buying a car even. Definitely. It's an art and it's a science. It's a science in that there are things that you can do to make it predictable, but it's an art in that it's very fluid. It's relative. It's subject to different interpretations. I've had even sellers, I know we're talking about buyers. So to give you like the flip side perspective, I've had sellers who I've worked with who have like cried when they've heard certain buyer situations and been like, I want to sell my house to you because I'm emotionally drawn to you. Wow. Like we just don't know. We don't know what is going to pull the the string, the heartstrings of a, a seller. We don't know what is going to connect with a seller the best that you can do as a buyer is to try to understand what they are looking for and to try to do your best to meet that. And yeah, in most cases, price is one of them, but you don't know what other factors beyond price matter to a seller. Closing date. That's a big one. Mm, yeah. Say more about that. I mean, you don't want to assume that a seller is going to want to close in 30 to 45 days. Okay. Moving is a big undertaking. Moving is ranked at, as the top five most stressful experiences that humans go through. Mm -hmm. And some sellers would want more than 30 or even 45 days to move. So structuring your off, reaching out to the, the listing agent to find out from the seller, like what is the best moving date can help to strengthen your offer where a seller can get a really high price, but if they don't think it's feasible for them to close in the time that you're giving them, they may go with someone else who's more flexible to be able to close. It's just a reminder too of, of what a human process this is. There are 
there are two sets of human beings on either side of the transaction, right? And as the buyer, you think it's all about you and you, this is, this is at least in my head, I kind of always imagine that the seller is just, you know, being very, you know, stand back and they simply want the highest price and end of story, but there's, there's human beings on both sides. Indeed. And another big thing to think about with the whole human element and the newness of the process, like you just described, people think that sellers are like these big overlords who are just asking people to bring their bags of gold to trade for their house. But realistically, a seller is as nervous or sometimes even more nervous than you. And a majority of the people selling their homes are first time sellers as well. They have never sold a home before either. They don't know what to expect. They have a lot at stake too. So sympathizing for them and understanding that, hey, just as I have my goals with what I want to do with buying the house, they have their goals as well. That's a great point. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, don't assume anything about the person on the other side of the transaction. Uh, they have their own motivations and pressures, right? Right. And like you say about needing to move and all of that. Oh, it's really interesting stuff. Curious, Julian, if if during our discussion, any anything else came up for you that that you'd love to share with potential first time home buyers that maybe I didn't ask you? I I would strongly recommend that um, whatever realtor you work with, that they are compassionate, they have experience, and they're able to point you in the right direction with the right team. Because realtors are extremely important. We are the backbone of the home buying process, but we are not the only part of the process. Mm -hmm. There are lenders involved, there are attorneys involved, there are inspectors involved. You want to make sure that your realtor is pointing you to the right direction and you are getting referrals for the right, the right people. Because where a realtor is involved is the first half of the process, we kind of disappear for a bit and then we come back at closing. We hand the baton to the lender and the attorney mm -hmm. at that point after you get past the inspection, of course. But the lender and the attorney are also make or break for one, the deal going through. And then two, just like the mental health of the entire transaction. My goal is always to make the process as stress-free as I can, but things happen. Things happen that you can't prepare for. And you wanna make sure that your entire team is aligned to make the process as stress-free as possible. Great point. It, this is guaranteed to get emotional, right? This home buying Absolutely. process, guaranteed. Definitely. Whether yeah. you want it to, and even in ways that you can't predict. Julian, I got to say, if I were going to buy a home, I would call you. Uh, I love your calm demeanor uh, and your, your, your confidence and your approachability. I'm sure a lot of buyers would benefit from that. And I'm sure they have and are currently benefiting from that. So thank you so much for being with us and sharing some of your uh, wisdom and experience. And I think my favorite quote from you today was it's, it's an art and a science talking about being a realtor. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I appreciate you. I'll take care of you like family. I get that feeling. I get the feeling you would. Oh, this has been such a pleasure. All right, Julian, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed speaking with Julian. Hey, a few last things before we wrap up. First, the down payment is the thing that every first-time homebuyer struggles with. It's not just you. Just remember that Mass Housing has some down payment assistance programs that can help with that. Check out masshousing.com or ask one of our partner lenders. My last words of wisdom and encouragement for today are this. Get into a good homebuyer education course. Check masshousing.com for a list of providers. 
Save as much as you can every month for a down payment. Be disciplined about that. And keep paying your bills on time every month to keep your credit score strong. No one knows what the future holds as far as the market goes. Interest rates, the number of homes on the market, none of that is in your control. So, control what you can control, and remember, buying a home is more like a marathon and not a 100-meter sprint. We'll see you next time on Home at Last in Mass.